What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. My name is Steve. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, and always I'm joined by Ron and John as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 356 which is the one that comes after 355 uh, if you're following along uh today's episode we're going to get into john's pick for required viewing which was the uh dave foley comedy the wrong guy um and then uh i think we're going to spread it out a little bit uh but uh, among the three of us we've seen a combination of three of the newer movies out and available, whether it's on streaming or in theaters. So we'll be talking briefly about the uh, about uh, Wakanda Forever and uh, what else we got? Spirited, the new Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds comedy, holiday comedy on Apple TV, and uh, Weird, the Al, Weird Al Yankovic uh, biopic, which is on the Roku channel. I like the idea that <clears throat> listeners don't know. You said one of us each saw yeah, one of those so, movies. Yep. But they don't know. So I wonder nope. if right now they're typing us, if they're saying, oh, who's more likely to have seen Wakanda Forever? Who's more likely to have seen Weird? Um, who's more likely to have yeah. seen Spirited? You know, in fact, Steve, my gut thought is people would distribute those titles. I think I know where people would put those titles. If they, yeah. if they were being reflexive, if they were just being like, uh, yeah, you know, first thought, best <clears throat> thought. Right. So we'll see. Well, stick around and you'll yeah. find out. <laughs> find out if your guess yeah. out there, you're guessing now, right? We'll find out if your guess is correct. You have to stick around. That's uh that's incentive. <laughs> right, right. That's called retention um, in the biz, guys. If you if, if people was, actually listen to a whole episode, that's retention. Let's see here. So uh before we get into the required viewing, uh, John, you'd mentioned wanting to kind of which is a nice transition to that title to talk a little bit about this uh this I guess casting announcements for uh season five of fargo so you want to right well fargo, what's going on fargo is a show that has been on when we've been um you know doing the show so we've talked about the, the show before and right. but it stays off so long between um between seasons and it's never really clear if there's a plan to bring it back when a season ends and it's been a long time since anything really was happening until they started announcing this new season and then i right. just happened to notice this week there was some new casting news about that's been dripping out about the show but there was a, a new bit of it that was related to our our movie the dave foley vehicle the wrong guy well dave foley has been added as a i think a i don't know if what's the phrase for like uh returning or or recurring cast recurring. member you know yeah. so he's n not just a bit part um but i don't know that the cast has shaped up pretty interestingly i think it's uh jennifer jason lee uh john ham joe keery uh lamorne morris uh and risha morjani if you know her from uh never have i ever um juno temple juno temple yeah, which again, she's kind of kind of having a moment or a pop yeah. right now because of Ted Lasso and a few other things. Sure. I don't know. That's a great cast, John. Uh, you know, wondering what kind of thing John Hamm is going to do in there in that world makes me think about the way. It's always funny to talk about the Coen Brothers in relation to the show Fargo because the Coen Brothers have nothing to do with the show Fargo, but the show right. Fargo plays around so much with like kind of remixing the themes and ideas and types of characters Definitely. that the Coen Brothers use that it, it it you frequently want to talk about the Coen Brothers in relation to the show even though the show is different and it it isn't <coughs> I don't think 
if if people dismiss that show because they think it's just a a retread, it really is more than that. Um, but sure. uh, you know, the story that they've said that this is a season about kidnapping. When is a kidnapping not a kidnapping? And when is your wife not your wife? And that to me starts to sound like it's uh, uh, raising Arizona, uh, Big Lebowski territory. That's that's kidnapping stuff. Um, and then you know, John Hamm seems like he's primed to be sort of like to the Fargo show, kind of what George Clooney is to the Coen brothers movies, which is like, let's get a really handsome guy and probably make him act goofy as shit. That's what I'm expecting, but I don't know. <clears throat> and we all know he's so good at that too. So yeah, <clears throat> John Hamm, that is. Uh, so, yeah. so what name in that Clooney cast as well, like excites you guys the most, you know, of, of those people mentioned, that's a pretty, that's a pretty stellar group of folks, but every season of Fargo has been that way, frankly. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely dig the john ham i don't know jennifer jason lee is kind of like a i feel like she's probably the wild card for me because i think she's done um a lot of interesting stuff and i think to see her in this world and i think you know i I don't even know what she was most recently what hateful eight i guess was one of the more recent things she was in yeah but she was great in that and i mean like if it not that it's the same kind of world but i mean you know i think just in that it's a similar kind of, depending how the season ends up. An actress of her caliber, I think she's a great actress. And I think, you know, where she's at in her career with being only doing things here and there, you know, to be doing the season of Fargo, there's got to be something there for that character that she'll be playing that's kind of lured her into it. So I'm very curious to see her, I guess, and then how she fits into that, because I've always really liked her. Well, apparently Dave Foley is playing her lawyer and she's, she's a rich person who's the head of some foundation or group or something like that. So there, there is, you know, some possibility that, um, they'll be interacting a lot, but I I know what you mean about her. She can be so theatrical yeah, and, and she's often great, but I don't, I often find her kind of off-putting too. So there is something, you know, about her that she's always been she's always been that person who's willing to play an off-putting character. But, you know, you think about, she was in the Coen brothers movie. She was in the Hudsucker proxy. And in that they were doing a very self-conscious, like screwball comedy kind of riff. And so she was one of those fast talking, you know, movie gals of the forties. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's who knows what tone they're going to be striking for this. The one thing they've said is that this will be the most comedic season of the show. Interesting. Yeah. They said, there's always a spectrum of comedy to, to drama on the show, but this is the, the funniest season. And it made me think like, I was wondering what, you guys think of um ronald i haven't heard you talk about the cast much but also uh what rank the fargo seasons what what's your favorite you know do you could you do that could you do that quickly in your head or is it oh question fuck man i don't know uh (laughs) that would be hard uh well well, do you know what your favorite season was you got the chris rock season you got the patrick wilson season you got the billy bob thornton allison tolman season martin freeman season and you've got the um uh, the awesome, uh, underrated, I think, Carrie Coon, David Thewlis season. That one was really you, good. Ewan McGregor, I, you know, they always have such yeah. insane names. <laughs> yeah, Ewan McGregor. Oh, I, oh, I don't want to give anything away. That was a really cool season. It was also um, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead. She was a fantastic. Yes, character. she's she's underrated. I feel like yeah. she's not in. She should be in the train of like actresses that are getting these huge roles but i feel like i'm not seeing her enough and stuff so yeah i i I really enjoyed this 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 the chris rock season was felt special to me like Mm -hmm. i don't know that chris rock was like a lot of people kind of criticize his acting in it but i liked what he was doing in it it just felt kind of special in the themes of it and like you know just 
feel very uh, poignant. Feels like stuff we should be going back and paying attention to. Just the yeah. connectedness that you know people that aren't from here should have. Well, uh, you, you know, I I felt that way about uh, Jason Schwartzman, Chris Rock, and the guy that played Gaetano uh, uh, in the that season of like performances that were i was wondering sometimes about how were they were clicking we, we just recently rewatched the fourth season uh, you know we finished rewatching all the seasons with henry um who really loved the show and when i got to the fourth season knowing it i i, I appreciated what chris rock was doing and what jason schwartzman was doing i always i liked them before but i appreciated what they were doing as actors like that they were it was a much more deliberate thing that you were seeing kind of a vulnerable side of those characters yeah. and that chris yeah, rock wasn't sure. necessarily the most convincing tough guy was not that's a that's a feature not a bug you know what i mean like that's not something they accidentally yeah. did they knew they cast chris rock to play this yeah. guy and so you're supposed to see him as kind of like for all his power he's kind of like a small man against the system in that in that season um yeah. so i thought that was interesting but no it's 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 there's always themes and there's always something going on under the hood of that show so i really wonder what they're going to be dealing with like what 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 the resonance is going to be uh, of the yeah. new season? But um, Joe Carey is someone I'm very curious to see step outside of the the Stranger Things thing Definitely. that we we know him for. I know he's done other things, yeah. but what he'll do in that world is interesting to me. And Lamorne Morris too. Um, this is also the, yeah. uh, the only season I think it's pretty much contemporaneous. Like it's set in 2019, so it's set oh, pre wow. set pre COVID. But as far as the seasons of Fargo, it's the most it's the most closest recent. to being a, like a, a present day <sighs> season of any of them. Okay. So. That's, that's that's gonna cool. be interesting. I think I'd have to go. I think I have to go two, one, three, four mm -hmm. from best to worst, and then, and then worst is not even. That's I know. not bad. Yeah, it's like a scale yeah, yeah. of all the seasons. I think are at least really good and or great. But the second season, I think, is just pretty. Is like a very special season of television. Yeah. Like it's yeah. amazing. Especially because uh, of the way it dances with the first, the, the way that it like yes. picks up yep. a storyline and a character, and the and there's one moment in that season that doubles back and connects heavily to the first season, and it's one of the most beautiful moments I can think of, honestly, of yeah. like a show that yeah. really gets your heart, and you know, like it, definitely the warmth of those characters that are trying to do the right thing in that world. Uh, yeah, I think for me it's two, and then one and three kind of edge in and out, like. They almost are tied for me, um, and then four. But you're awesome. right. Four, I still love four. I think the thing that yep. four is lacking is that strong. It doesn't have Carrie Coon, Patrick Wilson, or Allison Tolman. It doesn't have like it's got it's spread out through a few characters of like who's yeah. the sort of character that you're rooting for. But it's a much more gray world. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. every uh, the first three seasons mm -hmm. all have at least one law person <clears throat> who's trying to do the right thing. Um, <laughs> And and that gives you something to hang on to within your narrative, you know, someone who's trying yeah. to the, the funny thing about season three is the way the story keeps going. You realize that like and it's the point of the season is that nobody can ever put the truth together, like the way that it happens when you get to the end, you have a pretty good guess, but nobody could ever prove what happened. You, you the viewer, saw it, but no one on the yeah. show could ever say, oh, yeah, here's the proof that this is what happened. So I yeah. love that. Um, anyway, all right. Well, uh, Dave Foley as a lawyer in season five, we can look forward to that. But we got to see Dave Foley in a comedy from 1997. I think it came out on video in the States closer to 99 or 2000 or something. Um, wow. Uh, but, it, you know, it, the screenplay won some award at a film festival and then they were kind of 
priming this show or priming this uh, movie around the same time that he was bouncing off of Kids in the Hall into the news radio space. So he was sort of like there was a maybe there's a boy that could aspect to him. And it made me think of of comedy vehicles as a concept. And that might be a fun, broader topic to get into as far as like like Dana Carvey had a couple different comedians have had a couple attempts to right. take them and turn them into a movie character, you know, and, um, you know, frequently they're like uh, based on sort of a sketch aspect of what the sketch comedian did and dave foley this movie you could argue it's pulled from two or three different kids in the hall sketches as far as the kind of character and the kind of bits that are in it but it's a it's a screwball kind of movie i think dave foley's always had an eye for physical comedy and he's always had an eye for like really dry one-liners and um so forth so it's an intriguing concept like what does a dave foley movie look like how, how did you feel about the wrong guy when you watched it in 2022 ronald um, the, the ron guy that's what i call you it was <laughs> i like that uh the wrong guy that sounds I'm the, like and a, i'm the john uh, guy <laughs> the John. um i thought it was really funny man like it's just his there's something that they do in the 90s that they don't really do anymore but like everybody's playing it normal and then there's one hyper person Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not a thing anymore. That used to be like, that was the vehicle back in the 90s. It was like, you know, in order for you to be that person, it was like a movie where everybody's kind of on one level of acting, which is typically just normal people reacting to things very normally. And then you have like this heightened personality that kind of moves all through the story and, and gives yeah. us like context. Because I, I will... The scream that he had when he discovers the body is still <laughs> it's you can, stuck like, in my it. brain. You can hear it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can hear it. And, and, it's, and he keeps repeating it too. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps, and that's that's like <laughs> that's kind of the like Andy Samberg stuff that I like. Like jokes mm -hmm. going on for too long. And that's right. in 97. Like it was like really cool to see these these like things that I think are funny to this day just lasting things lasting for longer than they have to stupid jokes that 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 are not connected to anything the context of the, the conversation that they're currently having just stuff like that man and uh <clears throat> yeah and he gets hurt a lot and i think that's that's cool there's stakes involved there's like a real life shoot a shootout that happens that is so fucking <laughs> heightened and you know the. I almost don't feel like he's a dumb person. Like you know, he's silly, but he he really is in the wrong place, wrong time, and not hearing some of the context of some of the things. Less dumb, more like bad luck. So he's very silly, obviously. But no, so it's funny that silliness of the persona. I was yeah. thinking the same thing, Ronald. I didn't so much tie it to necessarily just the '90s, but I did think about like. That idea of like a comedy vehicle takes something that's funny about you and kind of spins it into a movie. And like this movie is like not, it's not Pee Wee Herman territory, but it's like almost like halfway to Pee Wee Herman because yeah, he's, he is a sure. silly physical person in the rules of the world. There are these episodic like little scenes that it goes through like a, like a Pee Wee Herman movie would do where it's like, here's the part where he's hanging out with these characters. And then he kind of moves on. It's got like a road movie feel to it in that sense. Yeah. But like... Right. I do think that it's an interesting thing to say that Dave Foley, because again, I know that he was a fan of classic comedy and stuff. And when he wrote his 
a lot of his sketches on Kids in the Hall have a lot to do with like verbal wordplay and uh, as opposed to some other kind of wordplay. Um, But like it's it's interesting to see how much this movie does try to give you those little exchanges. I mean, just like going up to the guy at the bus station and saying, "Where? How far will thirty six dollars get me?" And it's like, "You're here." (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he ends up selling him a ticket to some place that's not a play. I don't know. I, I, I just think that like, and we should say that the, the basic idea of this is a guy discovers a dead body, then thinks that people are going to think he's guilty of it and that they're after him, like that the, the law is after him, that they're sure it's him. And, yeah. and you add to that, that what, when he's running er- erroneously think he's ru- thinking he's running from the law, no one's after him at any point. I was I was impressed at how they get all the way to the end, and at no point is anyone really trying to catch him, you know. Yeah. Um, but I had forgotten the part that the real killer was convinced that he's a super genius. That 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 uh, it was fun to see yeah. Calm Fiore do the thing you were just talking about, Ronald. Play it straight, uh, relatively straight, in against this guy, and have to actually be this guy who's gonna, uh, you know. Um, fight a dog in the rain to, to get a rat so he can eat it. Um, that that guy's going to look at the Dave Foley character and think he's some kind of mysterious, yes. genius, you know, um, an agent. Right. I, and also I think the gag that, you know, this might've been the first, well, I guess this is still after usual suspects, but looking around the room and trying to pull a fake name from just elements in the room. I feel this may have been the first time I've seen that gag played this way. I feel like that's become kind of a go-to gag in some ways, you know? But what did he say? In him a bag, Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he says a doctor's name and then the in him a bag, it's so. <laughs> oh god, man! I laughed my ass off. I didn't think that I'd laugh so much. It just. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, it was. I was. I had never seen it either, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I don't even know. Like, I definitely am aware and have seen a lot of the kids in the hall stuff, but I, I can't say that I'm like a fan. I know, John, you talk about him a lot. Obviously, yeah. you're, you're you're a big supporter, um, but I definitely respect like, you know, their place in comedy and I know a lot of people who love them. But um, having this be the first time I've seen this and like seen a lot of the people involved in kids in the hall in the, like kind of peppered throughout the movie, mm-hmm. um, like I definitely recognize the members. Um yeah, Kevin McDonald, general, the guy who, who runs the hotel, was is, right. He was right. frequently like a scene partner with Dave Foley in the sketches too. So them doing a scene together—that's the kind of shit they would do. A sketch where it's just two guys, you know, talking nonsense to right. each other mm. like that. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like I thought it was super funny, and a lot of the scenes that you know, uh, Rana was mentioning were like standouts for me. And you know, I think just the whole thing with the hitman and like the 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 like the skewed perspective from each of them, you know, like I just did the scene when they're like riding on the bus and like, you know, he's looking at him and (laughs) and he's like looking at him and the guy's like, Oh God, I got to speed off. And then you see Dave Foley's perspective and he's just looking at himself in the reflection of the bus window. I I laughed out loud at that part. I was watching that by myself. I laughed out loud. Yeah. And like stuff like that is just so, yeah. Like I think the good word, like Ronald said was like silly. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very smart and it's like clever, but it's so silly and mm-hmm. every situation that he's in where that kind of is playing against what somebody on the other side of the conversation <laughs> is experiencing or that we're seeing with them, it's, yeah. it's always like it's pretty consistently funny when it flips over to Dave Foley's perspective on what's happening. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just how like it's one beat behind or one step off, <laughs> you know, it's like it's just so consistently those reveals are really great. And I, and I also like the. uh like the agents or the 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 cops that were like kind of on the trail but not on the trail, just kind of yeah, like yeah. 
doing uh, what they could with the the federal budget. Or yeah, he gets he gets he gets the expense account. He's yeah. ready to quit the case because the feds are here, and they're like, "You you've kind of been doing you've been running this case. We could use your expertise. We'll just give right. you the expense account." And then after that, he's like, "You know, just well, I forget the line, but it's something to the effect of, you know, I don't think he's ever been to this French restaurant either." <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And you notice that when you cut to him, he's got like nicer frames and his suits yeah. better. Yeah. Um, no, and that you reckon you might recognize that guy, uh, Dave Higgins, is that actor name he was okay. he's been on a lot of sitcoms and stuff but i think he's yeah, one of he the co-writers really familiar. of the movie too yeah, so yeah, he, he, he looked really familiar um and uh he was also part of when comedy central before it was comedy central it was called the comedy channel there was a show called the higgins boys and gruber which was oh. a really funny <laughs> show and the two higgins boys were steve higgins who went on to be an snl writer and i think like somebody's uh uh, sidekick on one of the talk shows i can't remember which show it is oh but. yeah that's that guy yeah higgins yeah. he's on uh Oh god, what 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 talk show is he on? He's on Yeah, I can't remember either. But he was some guy standing on the podium I, doing I can this. see him. Yeah, I can yeah. see him. Well, he's the brother the of of the cop with the expensive. Oh wow, that's cool. But those two guys and a guy named uh, Gruber were were like a a really really super low key deadpan show on the original. Like it was really low budge with the shows they had back then, and it was mostly like announcing clips from old mm. movies and shows that they had. So you would see a clip from some 1930s like Marx Brothers movie, and they would have people announcing that like MTV VJs. But they were characters oh, cool. anyway. I, Dave Higgins is somebody I remember from back then, and I felt that kind of dry. Uh, kind of midwestern uh i don't know it's similar to the canadian deadpan this movie definitely has that it's silliness yeah. but it's played so low level that like it really is kind of what you were saying ronald that you do have here's a wacky guy here's a here's a sarcastic kind of idiot but you're right there is something he's kind of too smart for his situation there's a point late in the movie where he actually says oh you mean i could have just done nothing and i would have been fine right <laughs> and and you it's like he's smart enough to realize that you know right. um but uh, no, and I, I can't remember who else I thought had a funny little moment in it, but there were a couple of people. Oh, Jennifer Tilly is very solid in it. Her character's funny. Oh, yeah. Some of her physical comedy with the uh, narcolepsy is just really, it's just perfectly deployed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I so actually, I, I had, I was thinking like, I hope this holds up in any way. And I was sort of like pleasantly surprised how often I was laughing. I think like yeah. all, all movies like this, all comedies like this, you get into the third act and it starts to get a little shaggy. And then yeah. it kind of wraps up with something funny and then you're good. But like right up and through, and I loved like right up through the bank that's being put out of business by the mean farmers. I thought all oh, that was funny, but like, I feel like once it hits that spot, there's like a 15, 20 minute stretch where it, it's the, it's like the first stretch of the movie where Dave Foley himself is not having a lot of new bits to do. And that's yeah. where it starts to, to flag a little bit. But I still, I think, you know, the way it ends with him still kind of not getting it, like even up to the moment when he's getting the girl, he still doesn't realize, you know, how to play it so i think that right, like yeah. it's it, it it's not one of those comedies that turns serious for some moment at the end it stays sarcastic right up to the last minute yeah yeah no it was good it was good man i mean i like i said before, last week like i remember always seeing like the box for this movie and just like never i don't know just not i hadn't ever seen it so like i, yeah. I had an awareness of what it was um but i also dug the uh like the the the, the <laughs> like the barbershop cop quartet like thing around the around the fire and he's like like he's just like like he's like he's like really he's like really into their song the one that plays over the credits or the Mm -hmm. beginning of the credits uh i liked when uh the the villain is in he's in the van with him he's like you should 
you should fasten your seatbelt. He's yeah. like, <laughs> and he hit his head on the mirror. He's like, I told you, you should have. Like, those of us so- who wore our seatbelts are okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny because he, he's not worried about dying so much as he is. Be a right in that situation. Yeah. Well, he's oh, such right. a he's such an adolescent too, because there's a couple of moments with Jennifer Tilly where like there's one where he tells her she's one of the he's a very beautiful woman. She's a very beautiful woman, and she says, Really? And he kind of looks at her like he's reconsidering what he said. And he goes, Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, pretty much, you know. And then there's another part where it's right after he meets her and her narcolepsy that she drives off the road and she's a, yeah. she wakes up and says, Oh my god, did I just have one of my spells? And he's like, I'm assuming you did. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, I liked it, man. It, it definitely was a, a good watch and uh, so funny. good pick. All right, well, what's the next? Uh, what's the next required viewing? Whose whose turn is it? Is it's it you, Ronald? Ronald. Yeah. So uh, I posed the question on TikTok and YouTube and all over the place and even Twitter, and I really wanted to know: Is Art the Clown oh. a new horror? sort of figure so terrifier i haven't seen terrifier i'm assuming you guys haven't seen terrifier all the way through if you've i've seen probably the highlights of terrifier because i was curious when i heard about the nature of the gore but but yeah no let's that yeah i i I need an excuse to make myself uh really uh do this yeah that that that's the excuse to get yeah to get to sit down and watch it I, I've been refusing try, I, to watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, remember you were saying that on our thread, and I was like, yeah. I, I tried to watch it when you know I, I knew what it was, and like I, it was one of those things. I was always like, I should probably check that out. But now the Terrifier Two is kind of making some waves and doing as well as it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's probably a good reason to uh, to go ahead and make it make it happen. So okay, it's a Terrifier. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm shaking it up because this was hard for me. I gotta be honest with you. I could have went with something that like, oh, this is a thing that I grew up on or something like that. Man, I'm making it something that I know that I'm gonna have some maybe have a problem watching. So can I? I'm gonna pitch a little idea about required viewing uh, to you. Okay. See what you think? Do you think like all through December it's Christmas movies? Oh, I would love that. And then, like maybe in February, we do romantic comedies or whatever. Like that, we you know we we force I, a theme on. I it. wouldn't mind. So we're not that. doing. We're not doing Thanksgiving movies this month. I was trying to think. Like, are there? <laughs> there are there are two or three. There's definitely two. I mean, honestly, I thought Terrifier. of two. Terrifier is a Thanksgiving movie, but Clearly. also there's what Home for the Holidays. I guess we could name them all and ruin it. And then there's the one with um. There's the other one that I always confuse with Home what, for the Holidays. What do you con- What do you consider planes, trains, and automobiles? A Thanksgiving movie. Yep. There we go. So that's one. I mean, I think if Thanksgiving figures in the plot, then it qualifies because that's kind of what uh, people do. Yeah. With... Is is the Family Stone Thanksgiving? That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. I think it is. I think Family it's... Stone. I th- it's people in sweaters. Yeah. You know, the family. Yeah, getting together. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Uh... Anyway, it's a thought. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll. We just named all the all the <coughs> yeah. Thanksgiving movies. Um, but I think, you, know, jail. you wouldn't want to lock down every month of the year. But for those every now and then, it seems like it'd be fun to sort of force because Halloween, you know, uh, was or yeah. October was a natural time to do some horror picks. So, um, okay. no, but I, li- I like th- I like Terrifier for Thanksgiving. So yeah, they would do yeah. the, the holiday. Movie he's, ca- he's carving people up. So, yeah. yeah. So he I guess that, anything else about. Uh, required viewing right now. We got Terrifier no. for next week. I was yeah. like, John, you're talking about December and Christmas movies. Why don't Why don't you just jump oh, in and, yeah. and and talk about uh uh the new Apple TV movie that you watched called Spirited? Yes, the Will Ferrell 
Ryan Reynolds led <laughs> comedy Spirited, which is a take on Christmas Carol, but it also a take on Scrooged. So it's like it's 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 a bunch of because it's very specific in the in the in its approach to it. And they okay. mentioned Scrooged actually a couple of times. So they it's mentioned like the, the, they mentioned the film Scrooged. Yeah, they mentioned oh. it. Yeah, so hmm, it's okay, like cool. the it's like uh if they fleshed out Scrooged a little bit. Okay. Uh but also some elements from yeah, so it's 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 a cool story. Honestly, I've I've I enjoyed it. Now, fair warning, it is a two hour movie. So yeah, I mean the question is, is the two hour does the two hours feel like two hours or does it go pretty briskly? And the and the answer to that is 80% of it goes briskly. And then the the, t- the last 20% is kind of the story trying to make sense of a nonsensical idea. So, um, but the performances from Ryan Reynolds, you know, Ryan is kind of Ryan and, and Will as well. And some cool callbacks to movies that they've been in, particularly uh, Will Ferrell. There's a cool mm-hmm. little callback to something he's done before in the same space. Uh, mm. That That's really funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I will watch this movie probably every year. It's one of those movies that kind of falls in, it has a perfect amount of like, it's kind of gross humor that your kids won't get until they get a little older. And it has some cool light stuff that'll probably make you tear <laughs> up if you, if you, if you're following the emotion of it. Um, right. It's, it's, it's fun. Some cool performances and, um, Watching Will, Will Ferrell does this thing in the movie, and Ryan does this thing in the movie where you kind of like they're unredeemables. That's all I'm gonna say. These, 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 you know, Ryan Reynolds is considered an unredeemable person who cannot be changed, and just seeing his uh trajectory uh is really cool. It's it's a fun movie, it's a fun, fun movie. I just wish it wasn't two hours it'd be a, it's a hard sell for people that are kind of after the hour and a half start to you know right trail off go to sleep but it's a fun ass movie and it should be higher than it is but because it takes it takes some swings it takes some swings like it's not it really is written by somebody that doesn't give a fuck about what what the general public thinks about <laughs> A Christmas movie because <laughs> it has the blueprint of a Christmas Carol, but it, it really is like I don't care how you feel about this ending. You're gonna you're gonna take it or leave it, and if you right. and if you follow it, if you if you're enjoying the movie, it will it will be a fitting end. So it's it's I enjoyed it, man. Cool. So so is it like I'm <clears throat> I'm looking at the premise here? Is, is <clears throat> Brian Reynolds like is he a legit? Scrooge, or is he uh, like gen- like a likable too? Like it's you know a little I mean? different. His yeah. his his meanness is in his lack of sympathy. It's not just the fact that he's mean. It's like a it's like a complete lack of sympathy when it comes to uh, people, places, and things. And that's all I'll I, that's what I'll leave it. <laughs> but he can be an asshole. All announced. It. Yeah, all announced, and then. Oh, there's a twist twist. There's a twist. Okay. A Christmas this twist. I liked it. I a liked Christmas. it. I liked it. It was fun. I'm probably going to watch it again. Um, Aaron and I yeah, really excited. enjoy it. 
I laughed a lot. Like, and I'm not talking about like a like hearty laughs. Like Brian Reynolds and and Will Ferrell together just it's a lot of singing. You know, it is a musical. So uh, Octavia Spencer, also Octavia Butler. Am I saying Octavia Spencer? It's Octavia Spencer. Butler is the Butler is the author. Yeah. What the hell am I? Because very good, but not in this movie. There's a new show coming out, and it got my. It's been stuck in my head. Uh, So Octavia Spencer is also a standout. Uh, I think I like her singing voice too. So it's it's a, it's a fun little movie. Um, I would have gone to see it in the movies. Yeah, I was going to say like it's it's kind of weird because I I'd heard a lot about this movie for you know a while that like it was a yeah. big Apple Plus Apple TV Plus movie for the holidays and it's it's kind of weird to me that like the trailer for the movie came out like only a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and the movie comes out today on Apple TV. And I feel like zero people know Zilch. about this movie at all. Like, Zilch. it's kind of crazy because, yeah, these are two pretty big st- or two big stars. I mean, especially recently, Ryan Reynolds has been having mm-hmm. a really pretty good run. And it's just that like that that recurring conversation that we have. And I don't want to go back into that conversation, but just the idea of, you know, we're talking on our thread about like, oh, let's try to check out Spirited. And, you know, and thankfully you were able to watch it. Yeah, before we recorded, but it was just like, oh my god, yeah. And I'd even sent you guys a text the other day about like, I had no idea that, uh, like uh, Galaxy Quest, uh, not Gal- um, Mythic Quest was coming back to Apple TV as well this week or next yeah. week. And I'm just like, not only is there too much stuff, but I think Apple TV is it, it kind of sucks. It's kind of becoming an example of like one of the streamers that has better than average content, and in some cases, great content. Mm-hmm that is 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 really becoming one of the key victims of like people having no clue what's on that platform yeah and i have an answer like, for that what, what what's that they don't give so when we first started they were kind of <laughs> given i mean this is some insider baseball sort of shit but right 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 when we first started it was it was very easy to get their content now critics aren't getting the stuff until the two days before things come out sometimes for the movies, especially the TV yeah. shows, not so much, but the movies, the movies that are supposed to be these like contenders for, for awards and stuff like that. We yeah. aren't getting those until like a day or two before it comes out. That So if we want to sync this watching experience up, that's really hard to do right a day before, you know, it, it comes out two days right. before it comes out. So Apple, if I could give you guys some feedback, just give people some time to watch things so that they can rave about them. Because I know Ryan Reynolds is going to rave about it. You know, I know he's going to be the person that gets some eyes on it. But if you give critics enough time to watch things. And and it seems like and it seems like Apple is kind of like on their own little island, though, because like they're one of the few streamers that don't only do streaming really it's right. it's them and well i take that back i guess but if it, depending how far up you go with like hbo max but like apple and like amazon prime especially i think are the two big ones where like they have really big things on there or they have really they have some pretty great content if, if you know what you're looking for and but they're also two businesses that aren't relying on the streaming platforms to be what makes them profitable. You know, these are like tech giants who happen to have a streaming platform to be competitive, to get big names. And it's obvious that Apple is trying to kind of mimic or mirror what HBO is doing with HBO Max now, like in terms of the quality of their content. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
But I just feel like a big part of it is that they don't they don't really know how to market the stuff. They don't really have a yeah. really any really great marketing behind their movies or their shows. And it, and in most cases, the things that have hit have really hit like through grassroots and word of mouth and like things like yeah. that. You know, like the big one is Severance, obviously, of the series that they have that kind of came out of nowhere. But like. But Bad Sisters you know, had a little pop recently with people talking about that. Like on social media, I saw people posting about that one. Right. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's but that's, but that's, that's like, that's the way, it. right. But that's right. like, that's, that's maybe one show out of five <clears throat> recent shows that they've put out that like, I've actually heard people talking about. So I think it is true. It's almost like they just didn't get that part into their model. Like they, they, yes, they, nailed, exactly. they nailed the, they nailed the getting the creators who are working at a certain level. They nailed the budget and putting the money into making these shows look reasonably good. Even if the development process is not quite as rigorous as it could be, it seems more rigorous than like Netflix's development right. process. And so these shows come out and they look good and they are well-made generally, but it does feel like they just didn't, it's almost like they thought, Oh, just having big names, just having Jennifer Aniston, just having, and they might be right about that on a certain level, but I do right. think you're right. It kind of disappears or it just feels like once again, we're talking about how these streamers, uh, the, that that's, that's what's lacking is a marketing piece uh, with, with some great content or some, you know, some great show that, that people are talking about, but that people aren't really hearing about, unless they're really paying attention, you know? <clears throat> and that's, the, yeah. and that's like, you know, the best thing, I mean, at least from the movie side, talking about getting back to Spirited, is that like the whole joke of it all of Apple TV is that like they won a Best Picture, you know, already. You know, you know, they, they the like Coda is their big movie that they acquired and they won a Best Picture. But again, that is not a movie that they marketed exceptionally well. Right. That's a movie that found an audience and word of mouth was crazy for that movie. And the you know and it was timing was good in terms of like you know around the awards season mm -hmm. so it's just like there's just this weird gap between you know and this is probably one of the bigger ones i think that apple tv has had in terms of the star power and having a holiday film and just like it seems like a it, a surefire type thing but i don't know i guess we'll see kind of what their intentions are more as it goes along but it just seems like a lot of their content they're kind of just building up a library because they don't have you know, a, a back catalog of content that they really kind of rely on for subscribers. They're really kind of making this original library as they go along. So I don't know, maybe it improves uh, in the next couple of years, but Spirited is a really good example. And even Mythic Quest, like these are shows, a show and a movie that really has, you know, Mythic, Mythic Quest is in its, what is it, third or fourth season? And third, right? Going into yeah, the and third. it's like, and I had, you know, I, I just saw an ad for it on, on Twitter, like last whatever day I texted you guys, Friday or Saturday, and it was just like, coming the 11th. And I was like, what? Next week? What? Yeah. You know, and Ronald's like, hey, watch Spirited. It's a, what? That, that's coming out Friday? I didn't even know yeah. the date for it, because I literally just watched the trailer for it last week, mm -hmm. and it's already coming out. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird ecosystem that they have there. And um, I guess again, them and Amazon, I think are in a similar space where they're not as competitive uh, with some of these other ones uh, in subscriber base because they're really kind of still building out libraries and such. But um, another one, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pivot into mine. So, well, you were just uh, saying it's yeah. a weird ecosystem. So yeah, you were you actually yeah, giving that's yourself what I'm that. going for it. I'm going for it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because the it's so weird. The Al Yankovic story, which is the film I was um, I saw last week when it came out, it's available on the Roku channel. So if you have a Roku device, um, it's free to watch. You know, it stars Daniel Radcliffe. It is a um, you can't see me doing this on the audio version, but it's a biopic mm-hmm. uh, about Weird Al Yankovic. Scare quotes, and, folks. He just did yeah, scare quotes in his rise to fame. You know, in the eighties, basically. Um, also, I don't want to give away too many people who are in the movie because there's a ton of really great, exciting, fun cameos. But, you know, those that you see in the trailer, at least um, Evan Rachel Wood is in the film as Madonna. Um, uh, who else? Rain Wilson's in the movie as Dr. Demento. And I forget who else is in the trailer. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give anything away. But basically, I, I really like this movie. I would say if you have a Roku, if you have access to anybody that has a Roku and you like, especially if you like Weird Al Yankovic or are a fan of Daniel Radcliffe, because this is one of the most interesting actors out there. This is Harry freaking Potter, who just seems to be picking the most, some of the most interesting roles that somebody in his position could pivot to um, post, uh, you know, a, iconic IP character like Harry Potter. Um, whether it was Swiss Army Man or uh, this film, he was also in that one where he's like undercover with like that, like the neo-Nazi group. He was really good yeah. in that too. Yeah, yeah. Or, I don't remember um, the name, but you're right. Can't remember the name, but he just does whatever he wants, basically. And he always picks something that is just kind of what you wouldn't expect. It's like the left field choice of what the next thing that <clears throat> somebody who, you know, was one of the most iconic characters in film history is doing. So, you know, to see him play Weird Al Yankovic, I think the choice of, you know, Daniel Radcliffe to play him is a funny one. And I think that plays into the movie because in fact, the movie's more, it's kind of like a satire biopic kind of more in the vein of like airplane or naked gun, those kinds of films. And tonally, it gets those kinds of it, it, it's much more akin to those movies than something like scary movie or epic movie. Any of those movies that came out in the, you know, late nineties, early aughts. But um, I thought the movie was hilarious. I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be, especially just because it, they shot it in three weeks and it's on the Roku channel. And I don't want to say expectations or my assumptions, but I was like, what? But then you're like, okay, well, they also have all these big, big names in this movie in some cases popping up for like 10 seconds on the screen, but they wanted to be involved. And a lot of that probably has to do with Weird Al who co-wrote the movie with Eric Capel, who directed it. Um, and most people probably know him from Funny or Die. He's done a bunch of <clears throat> sitcoms like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he did Teachers. He did Son of Zorn. Um, and he actually did the short that this movie's based on, which was like a parody trailer yeah. for a Weird Al biopic with I think Aaron Paul and... Olivia Wilde, I want to say. Yes. <clears throat> but, which is really great too, if you can find that online. But, um, I don't know. The movie's super funny. Honestly, like if, if, if you like those airplane naked gun kind of movies, especially the idea of framing it around what we have been seeing recently in, in the biopics that have been coming out, because it's really kind of taking movies like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man and kind of, getting really creative and getting uh, very generous in terms of retelling the history of this character mm-hmm. uh, of the weird Al character. Right. Um, and, and what they do with his history and his rise to fame is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really, really kind of <clears throat> creative 
revisionist history de- uh, decisions that they decide to go with uh, with some pretty classic pop songs and some pretty classic pop icons and how they may or may not have been influenced by Weird Al Yankovic. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it, man. I was I was cracking up the better part of the movie. I, I don't think it's for everyone. I'll be my, my brother watched it. I watched it with some friends and it was kind of half and half on who was really into it and not. I think you really kind of got to be in on what it is enjoy those kinds of satires and uh especially you know if you're in the weird out i mean it's a no-brainer you're gonna probably love the movie but um yeah well, i mean i also real- think the movie seems to be playing on the joke of that weird al is known to be he's sort of like henry winkler uh, yeah and or like, john ritter in that you hear about how nice he is how great of a person and, and how right. genuine he is and you see him on uh you know we uh, we recently have been watching uh on hulu that um uh, Anthony Anderson uh, game show uh, t- to tell the truth. Mm. Um, anyway, it's just, it's got celebrity guests on the panel. You oh, know, okay. It's, okay. it's a good dumb thing to just kind of put on when you're eating dinner, sitting down as right. a family. Right. And uh, Weird Al was on there and he was just doing his usual Weird Al thing, being on a celebrity panel. And like I said to, to Nikki, he's so good at being Weird Al. <laughs> I know. And she said, yeah, that's exactly it. And I do think that that's the, th- this movie, I guess what I'm saying is not just being a fan of Weird Al, but even if you just understand the persona of Weird Al, it seems totally. like this movie, the joke of, we know he wasn't this guy who had this crazy, in fact, his life story has a few details in it that would be the stuff of great drama but i don't think this movie deals with them at all like i don't know how this movie deals with his parents but i don't know if you know that in real life his parents like died in a fire i believe i don't want to be saying that if it's wrong but you know which is highly tragic and and i don't think this movie touches that at all but i'm saying so it's like it's not just that this movie invents biopic material for the satire it 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 steers clear of genuine biopic material that that you might have hung a movie on you know if you wanted to say i'm gonna do a drama about this guy so no i think that yeah it's just (laughs) it's like i love it when something that feels like a joke get like this is like to me feels like the more hopeful version of what tusk was which is like oh a joke that turns into a movie but you know when you're sitting around with your friends and you start spitballing like oh there should be a movie called da 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 about da 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 it's great to see someone actually make the, the 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 type of movie that would be a poster hanging on the wall on 30 rock that, that's something. exactly it yeah. yep that's it that's perfectly what this movie is and uh yeah i think i i, I mean I, yeah i don't know if you are either of you are into weird al but i mean no since since uh, i was the right age for it until now right yeah i was <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna eat this up for sure um, um, you know, we, we were talking about streamers and you mentioned HBO Max a second ago. And I was just wondering really quickly, has anyone been watching White Lotus uh, as well yeah. as me? Okay. What yeah. do you think so far, Steve, of the second season of White Lotus? Loving it so far. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, I mean, Mike White, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's he, he's kind of like it's like a weird thing that happens with a show like this because, you, you know, you don't normally hear of a showrunner, writer, director kind of just doing it all. You know, like usually yeah. you know, a lot, especially these streamers have like large writers rooms and you know like so to kind of the the singularity of like this idea and this voice and this vision for this show is it's kind of rare these days so um to be as consistent and high quality as it's been so far and i mean even what we've had with the characters in the first two episodes um loving it so far i don't know how i feel about jennifer coolidge uh that's the, the big carryover. that's the big variable that's the big being variable. The carryover. she, she kind of makes the most sense but it yes. also is like uh, we're already running out of like 
places for that character to go. It seems, yeah, yeah. but maybe they're going to surprise us. With I, something. I think there's going to be something else. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to bank on there being some, some more meat there. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm digging it so far. Are you, are you liking it as well? Yeah, no, I, I was, I was going to ask you which plot line is your, is, is your favorite one amongst the different plot lines. Oh my gosh, man. Um, I guess I got to say the two couples. Yeah. That that's gotta be the one. I mean, the the F. Murray Abraham, uh Michael Imperioli, that 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 is interesting as well. But the two couples just it seems so ripe and just like so now, and you know, just kind of how different they are, yeah. or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but those conversations are so awkward, and it's just like you love to sit in that and just like fly on the wall moment to see how people, you know, handle uh how different and it's honestly like I was telling Aaron, like that's one that we watch together that's like that sunday night now hbo show it's like some of those conversations they're having are like so relevant now because of like the world post pandemic too Mm -hmm. you know like how much more we notice and talk about the differences uh amongst people you know or people that are were maybe will continue to be your friends Mm -hmm. you know like in that couple you know the the conversations that they have and the topics that they kind of spend time awkwardly discussing. It's just like, how different are we that we, how can we be, how could we be friends? You know what I mean? Like, so it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to watch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think Aubrey Plaza has been really great on the She's awesome. Yeah. She's great. She's someone who, uh, when she's really good, usually kind of like really knocks me out with like just all the little mannerisms i guess would be the way to put it that she brings to a character she's she's really kind of doing something here but i th- yeah i think everybody in that plot line is pretty interesting because of that dynamic you're talking about where it's like these yeah. are friends but you know there's a lot of friends that you wouldn't want to go on a vacation with you know that you'd yep. be great to sit down and have a drink with every now and then or maybe go do something with but once you get into that hanging out for the third or fourth hangout in a row especially as as couples it can get increasingly awkward um I, you know i saw that movie smile and there's a scene in that where the lead character and her boyfriend are out with, I think her sister and her sister's husband. And it's like, it's such a ham fisted version of that, of two couples that are butting heads. And the, the, in order to depict the sister and her husband as kind of shallow people, they are saying the most cartoonishly shallow things, you know, so that you'll recognize the difference between these people. And I was, I saw that movie right in, in between the two episodes of of white (laughs) Lotus, which has a, a really good, very well-observed version of that same thing. Sure. And I was like, okay, once again, you can compare the competent version of something to the kind of clunky version. But White Lotus perfectly captures that. What do we have in common here? You're ser- yeah. searching for something around the table and you yeah. realize that if you're not like involved in some group task uh, or doing something, you know, you're on, you're walking down the beach or whatever, the, the, if we're fine, but if we're sitting down talking, you run out of things to talk about <laughs> with some people yeah, it, really fast. It goes stale real fast. That's right. true. Anyway, um, well, uh, I guess I will throw the th- throw it to you guys. Throw it to you yeah, guys because I I have seen uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, um, uh, the new MCU film, the follow up, Brian Coogler's follow up to the first Black Panther movie. Um, that was famed to be sort of the big auteur or one of the big auteur moves for Marvel, giving him a chance to make a Ryan Coogler movie that was also an MCU movie. This movie definitely is in that same vein. I mean, he came back it's years later. We all know they lost Chadwick Boseman, <clears throat> which means they made the creative choice to lose T'Challa as well. And this movie reflects that idea of what do you do um, in the aftermath of that um, 
the fact that Wakanda Forever is a much bigger title. If you look at the poster, that's the title. Black Panther's almost like the, it's almost yeah. like the little the way Star Wars gets tacked onto the beginning of of yeah. a Star Wars movie yeah. title. It's part of the logo, but it's not really part of the movie. Uh, but but in some ways it is. It's dealing with the legacy of Chadwick Boseman. It's dealing with the legacy of that character. It's following up on the the supporting cast from that first movie that everybody agreed was was a highlight of that movie. Um, so yeah, I guess I don't I don't want to say too much because there's so much going into this movie that I did not know about the shape of the story and I wouldn't want to accidentally tip something off. So I was going to say if you just ask me questions, I'll try to give you guys <laughs> terse answers, terse but fun, ter- terse but polite answers to your queries about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Ronald, got any questions for me? <laughs> I really only have one. Did you like it? Uh, I, I liked it. I did like it. I thought it was, I mean, I think there's an MCU thing going on. I don't know that this movie answers that question of what to do with the MCU or what's happening with the MCU because it's mm. so specifically kind of putting a cap on Chadwick Boseman's role and finding some way forward for this this group of characters and introducing a comic's uh, favorite character from the comics uh, uh, who goes way back, um, uh, Namor. Um and I think this, it does the, all that, but I don't know, you know, if, if that question, when you were watching, uh, I know you had the question when you were watching the recent Dr. Strange and Thor and all that stuff, people have this question of like, like, where is this going? What's the point of all this? I think this movie stands as a, as a personal film for Ryan Coogler and the people that made it. I don't know that it gives you any further indication of that feeling that the MCU is going somewhere or has a plan. If that, if that's been a concern for people, this movie is like, it's a different version of that, but it it, by its nature. I mean, they've even said what, this is the last movie in phase four, right? You know, so this is kind of like a, almost like an epilogue to what's been going on, but like the other black Panther movie, it's, it's sort of equally connected to the rest of the MCU as the first black Panther, which is plot wise. There's not a lot that connects that first movie to, other events in the MCU. So um, this is much more about that, that Wakandan group of characters that you haven't gotten to see since, you know, well, you saw them a little bit in the Avengers movies, but they didn't really have like Mbaku was just kind of there, you know, right. And in this, he actually gets to be a character. So. Hmm. Steve, any questions? Where, where, where does it? Yeah. I think I have two questions, right? Where, where does it rank in your phase four uh, list? That's a good question. Because it's like, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling of like finding something powerful, <clears throat> but not necessarily enjoying it as much as maybe some other things. This movie is very powerful. And visually, okay. there's some really interesting things that it does that, you know, like Chloe Zhao didn't get a lot of love for the Eternals, but that movie too represented a person making their type of movie. Heck, Taika Waititi got to make a Taika Waititi movie with Love and Thunder. They, they do let these directors make their kind of movie uh it, right. i think it helps this movie that ryan coogler is trying to make a movie that feels like a quote-unquote real movie it still has the marvel kind of house style but there's some scenes where visually it's just an interesting staging there's one particular scene in the movie that actually is like creepy and scary and i was thinking while it was going on this is scarier than any of the supposedly horror elements that have been brought into mcu projects mm, you know right. and things like moon knight or um uh multiverse of madness uh but you know i think ryan coogler we know he can put together a a nice big epic feeling movie um i think it feels big in some ways and small in other ways because what it deals with is is such a uh kind of narrow scope of what characters are important to it but it it introduces some new things and if you're a comics person and you've been wondering when something like namor is going to hit and how they're going to do it they do a really good job of 
I won't say more than this, of establishing that character as he exists in the comics. He's always had a very interesting way of relating to the other characters and like being kind of in his own arrogant world uh, and and sometimes heroic and sometimes not. And this movie perfectly captures that aspect of Namor. I would say, the, the, you know, the problems they had with Scarlet Witch of like, here's a character who's the villain of this movie, but we, we're supposed to see their humanity or maybe know their story. Namor is a is a better version of that, of like, mm. here's a character that is antagonistic in a story, but um, it's not quite Killmonger, but it's a similar thing to saying like, that, you know, there's a slightly different version of this story where you'd be following this character's storyline, you know, um, mm. but but there is truly like it's also it's violent. I mean, there's some pretty nasty things that happen in this movie, too. So like when when, when stuff gets real, you know, there's there's definitely, so, there's definitely so casualties back, in this movie. <clears throat> back to the question, where does it rank in phase four? I, I guess for all those reasons, I'm going to say that. Oh, gosh. Because I think I might have had more fun at some of these lesser movies, probably in the middle, probably in the middle for me. In the middle, okay. Maybe, maybe middle, maybe middle top. I'd I'd have to say, how many movies are in this phase? It's a a mid, it's a mid top. Okay, that's enough. Let let me actually just say, it's what? It's Black Widow, (laughs) Thor. What is it? What else? Eternals. Eternals, Shang-Chi. Spider-Man, Shang-Chi. I feel like Spider-Man and Shang-Chi and maybe even Thor Love and Thunder uh, were more fun for me than this movie but okay. i think that in terms of again it's ryan coogler you kind of know the tone and feel that he can bring to a movie there's a there's an eye for spectacle that he has and they let him make a movie that that is is you know has its own <coughs> has its own look and feel to it so i think for that reason it's i'm i'm putting a little higher than i would if i were just talking about like the story i don't know if you guys know it's two hours and 40 minutes 41 minutes yeah. long That's, right it, it feels like it. I, I hate complaining about the length of a movie because it's like, well, that, that's what they gave you. Those are the scenes that are in it. But sometimes when you get to an, the end of a movie and you're feeling a little bit exhausted with it, it's hard not to think that runtime is a factor there. But this is a really well-made movie. And I've, I mean, I've seen enough reactions all over just my feed. So people are having a great experience with this. So, so, you know, my, 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 uh, um, you know, eight, eight out of 10, 7.7 to eight, Point two or something out of ten. That's a that's not bad for this type of for, for an, an, a you know a two hour and forty minute movie. So yeah. okay, real quick, second question: Which had a better third act, Black Panther or Wakanda Forever? Oh man, that's a great question, Steve. Thanks I would wrong. say I I I would answer that by that's saying it's almost it's it's not quite a draw. God, it's a draw for for different reasons once okay. you've seen okay. it we could talk about That's why fine. it's a draw but That's i will fine. say that there are ways it improves on um uh that ending uh just visually and then there's also ways that it falls into the same complaint you might have about almost any marvel movie which is oh the best parts are the character parts and the parts where it starts to lose you is when you're lurching into one of those third act action sequences that you've sort of seen before and you're really wanting it to be something special um that's mixed results on on the action itself feeling really special but mixed in with that there'll be some amazing shots i mean like there's some really crazy stuff the way they stage some of the fighting so it'll be like oh something you've seen before smashed up against something that is ryan coogler really and his cinematographer really pulling out all the stops in terms of just Mm. here's here's bodies like uh 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 
you know, like climbing down the side of a ship while other people are climbing up the side of the ship and they're fighting like uh, vertically on, on the side of a ship, like stuff like that is really well choreographed. But then there's other scenes that are just like any, any movie where it's like, Oh, it's that third act fight. You know, that last 20 minutes where you thought maybe it was ending and you realize it's not the end. And then you go, Oh, there's another 20 minutes here. Yeah. <laughs> but they definitely Man. do that. I so. gotta say, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I can't wait to see this movie. I'm I, this is the movie of this season right now for me. And I think for all of us. Yeah. Mm. But like, I'm concerned. Like your your response, I totally respect your response a lot, which is why I'm concerned. And I, I've heard some other stuff, and I've read some other reviews, and I'm trying to stay away from a lot of it. But I can't like the fact I don't know. This movie has a, a huge burden on its shoulders, and I I, I yeah. it's just it's a bad situation. But like, I just can't believe if if this is just like a middle of the stack Phase Four movie. I feel like that's that's a big miss. But I when I say know. middle top, there might be only two movies that are technically like better than this. But when I but when I talk if about this that, is, when, this when is I talk about better. that fun factor, when I talk about that fun factor, this this did not. But I mean, I, I don't necessarily need it to be a romp. So I don't want people to think that yeah, my expectations man. didn't factor in. But I I would think Spider Man, um, uh, No Way Home is still you know the most successful all around for me of like the phase four movies feeling like a special step forward after what they did in phase three, you know, after, right. after the, the highs and lows of that. But, but I think people yeah. are, I mean, this movie is definitely made on that scale and visually it's got the scope and the spectacle. Um, so uh, I, I think that in some ways that puts it ahead of some of these other movies that might've been a more enjoyable experience to watch for me or more fun, more ideas, you yeah. know, but there's something about just making, and I saw where someone said it's a bad sign for the MCU when it feels like a real movie is a compliment that, that you pay to one of these, but this one feels like a real movie in that way. It's got that maturity. It's got that. Um, I mean, it almost reminds me of like Jordan Peele, the way that, you know, his movies are kind of filmed in a no nonsense way, but there's so much control and there's so much uh, attention paid to mood and lighting and all that stuff. And I feel like Ryan Coogler is that kind of, craftsman it's yeah, like it's, it's not great. super showy but you get the feel every scene has its own kind of feel to it and there's one nighttime action scene that's staged like i said so so creepily and well that uh you know it's it's got moments for sure cool. like real, really like high highs for sure all right hmm. we should probably have a state of marvel conversation after we all see look man what kind of I friend? try to have this with you guys before, and you like, oh, like a pariah. Well, you well, look, you can't tell me that coming out of three into four, it wasn't like they were firing all cylinders. I think we've. Okay? I feel like we've had this conversation every time we talk about. I was a afraid thing. of four. No, I was afraid of four. Remember, I was like, I, you were I also this... pretty. You were also pretty down on the last two Avengers movies. Not on your I mean, feelings about them, but going into them, you were like, I, remember, you, you I, still I, owe us it, ice cream. Just I tell you guys you. ice cream. <laughs> I, I I haven't watched them again. Uh, to be, I mean, like now I watched them. Her niece wanted to watch them, but mm -hmm. I haven't watched them myself. I've been watching a couple other ones though. Yeah, yeah. I just it's just not my movie, man. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just like they just I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll look, talk man. More. Once once I mean, they yeah. got into the magic, that's when it got weird, man. I knew it was gonna happen. It's just really hard to depict space. And magic and shit like that. I don't think that's the that's... problem. I don't think that's the problem, though. I mean, I think I, that, I, like, I, I think, think that there's something else writing. that happened. I, I think, I think maybe that's a problem with mainstream 
audiences going gaga for these movies. I don't think that's a problem with the movies themselves. I think there's something else going on. I think that there's like, because I think that every time that almost, I feel like the last nine Marvel things that have come out, we've had the state of Marvel conversation, but like we haven't had like a logical stopping point to kind of stop and look for. Yeah. But no, I think that like, um, no, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought because I think it's just all things kind of pass. Like there's the specialness of something, the feeling that something is that thing you're waiting for. And, and Marvel had a, a pretty decent long run as far as being like, like running the conversation. And so for it to now be just another franchise is, is not the craziest thing in the world, but it is, it is interesting to note like what has happened to make that come about. And also you wonder going forward, Mm -hmm. like with James Gunn (laughs) over at DC, are, are they going to get some really major mojo working? And is it going to be like an era where that's okay. clicking and was, Marvel is kind of. I was going to say, if, the there, if there's ever a time for DC to make a move, it might be right now. Yeah, because you're only as good as your last I don't know. movie. You're only as good and as the your reality last is, movie. is that like this movie is getting great reviews and this it's, movie's going to make a billion oh, dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's extremely yeah. well no, made. And it, there's, there's no nothing, question yeah. that I'm going to like this movie. Like, no, I, you, you I am confident I'm going to like and or love this movie. But I feel like just that the the no way home thing that John mentioned, like the complete home run, you know, out of the park, like just no question. I feel like Wakanda Forever being the character, you know, being the franchise, the character, the way that they're kind of going with the marketing for this movie, rounding out phase four, you know, there's just and again, it's 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 a bad situation. It's sad. It's tragic. There's so much on this movie in this IP franchise to do and accomplish on so many different talking points. And it's almost like an impossible feat. And that's 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 really the reality. But I just I just can't help but think that, you know, getting out of this phase, well, I guess getting out of the phase on at least some sort of high with this movie is probably a win. Because I think even though Thor kind of was very mixed and people either really liked it or didn't like it at all, mm-hmm. you know, that movie still made almost $800 million worldwide. Like it's still a huge hit. Yeah. So it's, it's just more a question of these movies can't just make money like that. That's not sustainable, especially when they're trying to do something on Disney Plus. They've got to try to recapture whatever their intention was of interweaving the TV and the movies and the storytelling and the you know, that like uh, serial nature of the one, two and three phases, you know, in terms of like that drive to the next movie, because right now that drive is not happening. Like there's no drive to the next film in this series or in the phases, at least beyond what they throw in a stinger or things like that, just to kind of that's really where they're trying to accomplish some of that stuff. And that's not enough. No. And I just think that often feels just stuck on like it can actually feel kind of like it takes a little bit of the air out of the end of the movie. And it's like, what? What was that all about? You know? Right. It just seems like this whole phase. I think um, that's why they cut it short. I think that's why this is the this is the shortest phase out of all the phases. And I think this is kind of to. To to have a positive reset, I think we're good. It's ending on this kind of amazing footnote, just giving praise to a guy that was an incredible and i will say that part of the movie is definitely like what you expect like if you think Mm. that part's going to be powerful it's extremely powerful the you know anything anything to do with t'challa and anything to do with chadwick and also like there's strengths this movie has that i wouldn't want to talk about for fear of spoiling it for you guys but i think i can safely say the way this movie deals with grief it kind of there's like four 
sort of characters from the first movie who are all like women who are all kind of dealing with the the aftermath in a different way and mm-hmm. i think that is a real strength of this movie it's like it doesn't just decentralize like a male like here's a male character that has left this space and in that vacuum there's these great female characters that all have something to do that's unique to their character in this movie and i would say that mm. is that's a huge strength of this movie that that cool. that i could say you can look forward to some of that like if, if some of those you know if you if if you're a Lupita Nyong'o fan and you're hoping she gets to do some cool stuff in, in a movie like this, or if you like uh, Letitia Wright and you're hoping she gets to do some cool stuff in a movie like this, um, then then you're in luck, you know? So can't wait. Can't wait. Um, all right. So what do we got? We got required viewing for next episode is Ronald's pick Terrifier. Yes. Um, and then we're going to talk got, about Atlanta, right? We'll talk about Atlanta next week. But just to recap this episode, uh, Ronald talked about Spirited, which is now on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story is on Roku, uh, the Roku channel. And um, like John mentioned, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is in theaters everywhere. Everybody's yes. seeing this movie. So you know what you know where that one is. <clears throat> but they're um, adding got- screenings <clears throat> everywhere right now. They're, they they just yeah. added one in my guest room upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make a buck on this one. <clears throat> no matter where. Uh, moviesmovie.com is the website you can subscribe there to the audio podcast on whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast youtube.com slash moviesmovie podcast is the youtube channel you can subscribe there like hit the bell get all those notifications um we kind of put stuff up there throughout the week to kind of tease the upcoming episode and or when news drops we try to comment on it as quickly as we can for things that we think our audience may be interested in. Uh, again, next week, require viewing Terrifier. We'll talk some Atlanta. Maybe Ron and I have seen Wakanda Forever. We can talk oh, a little yeah. more about it. Hopefully um, so. But um, other than that, I'm good to go. Good seeing you guys. As always, you made our day. Bye.